Love the haiku. Love the sonnet. Love the quatrain and the couplet. Love the words. From East Leeds FM. So you're listening to Love the Words on East Leeds FM. Uh, And we're really pleased today to be speaking to Habiba Desai, who was the co-founder of Fox and Wilmill. So hello, Habiba. Hello. It's really nice to have you here um, on Love the Words. And and I'm really looking forward to, to learning more about about Fox and Wilmill. First, first of all, Habiba, yeah, are you having a good day today? I am, yeah. The weather's been beautiful, so it's been we've been lucky to have some nice weather. It's, it's beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely lovely day. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about Fox and Windmill, first of all, exactly what you are and what you do. Yeah, so Fox and Windmill is the UK's first independent publishing company for British South Asian writers. Um, we're based in two places, so uh, Bradford in Yorkshire, and we're also based in Blackburn in Lancashire. So we've kind of got two offices now. Um, and we set up in 2021 um, during the second lockdown, uh, myself and my co-founder, Sarah Razak, um, with this, just this urge to publish um, meaningful, authentic South Asian stories that shared a real true experience of being British South Asian. Um, and we really wanted to highlight, especially fantasy, sci- sci-fi, and those kind of stories, because we kind of saw this misconception when writing about South Asian, you had to write about a very particular genre or a very particular trope. Um, and we really wanted to step away from that. And one of the beauties of being an independent publisher is that you're free to do what you want. You're free to publish what you want. Um, and that's kind of why we set up um, and me and Sarah we met at the University of Huddersfield um, she studied English literature I did English lit with creative writing we had no idea we were at the same university doing very similar courses mm-hmm. um, we met outside the university at the Bradford Literature Festival where we were volunteering we met there realized we were at the same uni and became uh, really good friends and then um, yeah the rest is history well it's great i mean it, it it looks fantastic and uh but first of all yeah you you said that you you implied that there was a certain expectation about mm-hmm. genre and with, with south, south asian writing so i wondered if you could what, what would people have expected before you came along ah oh, um i mean it's really <laughs> when we were growing up um me and sarah and we were talking about all the books we'd read um and it was you know, these brilliant sci-fi fantasy books, but there was no, no books of people who represented what me and Sarah looked like, you know, Muslim or South Asian. And if there were books like that, and we have experiences before, whether that's in media, news, or, you know, TV programs, um, you know, there was this very particular trope that there were these oppressed women or these oppressed Muslim uh, people um, and South Asians who were, you know, forced to do certain things in their households or you know they was expected to be what they call chained to the cooker <laughs> and um 
you know, forced marriages, um, links to terrorism, all that sort of stuff. And we really, you know, thought this negative light is really impacting uh, how young people, especially South Asian people, perceive themselves in literature, in books, in TV. And we really wanted to step that step away from that because we knew there was this incredible market for um, fantasy writers, sci-fi writers, but they were South Asian, but their books and their stories were not being picked up and not being heard because they had to be writing about something that they were essentially part of the experience of. And we knew that these people had such incredible talent and we've, you know, as we were studying and as we were reading books and um, exploring the environment, we knew about all these people, you know, secretly writing stories. Me and Sarah were one of them. Um, and we just thought, you know, those stories needed to be shined and those experiences needed to be highlighted. And that's really what we wanted to do. So it's more, it's also all, what we kind of look at Fox and Windmill, you know, we're a publishing company, but we're also kind of trying to, hit this social impact we're trying to change uh, the perception of south asian writing and literature so yes so you knew about these writers who are writing in very different genres that you say sci-fi mm. sci-fi and uh, and fantasy but they they weren't conforming to a certain idea of, that people had of what south south asian writers should be writing about was that is that what you're saying yeah exactly that's exactly it yeah and yeah, it's, it's it's kind of incredible. Like when you when you look at it in that perspective, you know, we were, <laughs> and when we were looking at book covers and and um, stories that had South Asian stories being told in them, uh, they had this very very particular way that they were presented, like um, uh, spices or henna patterns or um, and and I remember seeing like one particular. I remember I can't remember the name of the book, but as a child, I remember the cover very distinctly because I was like, oh god, um, it was a, a young girl's uh, hands. It was she had henna, and then she had um, uh, what did she have like um handcuffs on police handcuffs, almost to say she was being forced to marriage, and um, you know I can't remember the title, but that cover stuck with me, and I thought, wow, is there any other way that we can be represented except for this? And so nobody else was was publishing, uh, say, fantasy from South Asian writers. So you this you really were kind of filling a niche in a way and a, a gap. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and we had no idea how anyone would take us at first because you know me and Sarah. And, and the thing was that me and Sarah were were saying to ourselves at the time we were really in our early twenties. Um, at the time when we started. And we were saying, why hasn't this been done before? You know, the publishing industry has been has had a historic, you know, stand in the community. You know, it's always been there and they're always publishing books. But why hasn't anyone said, oh, you know, this is a genre or this is a niche that needs to be filled? You know, where are these writers and where where's the space for their books to be published in the market and in the bookshops? Um, and it's really interesting that me and Sarah were the ones, you know, in 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 this day and age that means Sarah were like oh gosh why isn't there space yeah. for people like us and stories like ours so we decided that we had to be the ones to create it and I think there's a fantastic quote um I can't remember the name but I'll have to find out but they said that you know if there isn't a story that you want to read you're the one that has to write it and in the same way if there wasn't someone that was creating that platform that accessibility and the way and the path for those writers then we had to be the ones to do it because we knew there was an issue and we had the resources um 
to kind of make that happen. So we decided we were going to be the ones to do it. Well, that that sounds a really exciting. Must have been a great feeling actually, just going. We're going to do this because. <laughs> Because no one else is doing it. I love the quote about, you know, if you want something to read a certain thing and you write it. Mm, uh, it yeah. say, yeah, yeah, go on. No, because I'm sure it was Mallory Blackman that said that. Or I'll have to find that quote for you. But, yeah, I, you know, you're saying it was an exciting feeling. Honestly, it was the most terrifying thing me and Sarah ever did. <laughs> we questioned that decision about 80 times. <laughs> at, at some point, we were like, nah, let's just leave it. You know, there's no point. Let's just... Um, Let's not do it. Um, but uh, we had a great deal of encouragement and support from Kevin Duffy from Bloomer's Books in Hebden Bridge. Um, and he's been our mentor and our friend since then. And uh, for five years, when me and Sarah graduated university, we just kept talking about it. We just kept saying, should we do it? Should we not? And Kevin just said, for goodness sake, just get on with it. And we did. <laughs> um, That's and, yeah, so Kevin's been a real help. And I think it really helps having somebody who really knows the stuff and the industry that well and Kevin likes to challenge and we want we were going to be the challenges against the bigger publishers um but you know with a lot of support and a lot of help especially from the northern indie community we've uh, kind of established ourselves so we were very lucky with that support otherwise I don't think we would have done it well yes I mean support is yeah I can understand that and I was going to ask you about mentors and and support but yes Kevin sounds as if he's been well just invaluable really to you yeah absolutely yeah um so I mean, just going back um a bit to mm -hmm. you and and your interest in literature and, and writing where did that begin and obviously you write yourself as well as read so yeah. just tell us a bit about how, how it began for you oh gosh <laughs> I don't think I've ever told anyone this but my first love of writing and literature came from in school, we used to have these, in primary school, uh, I was in year six, and we used to have these um, events called Big Writing Wednesdays, and all day the students used to write stories. Um, and I don't know if they do it anymore, but it was such an incredible experience that we had. And I remember everybody else um, writing these like little short stories and going on clip art, as it was in the day. Um, and taking all these images and sticking it on their stories. And I remember being the only one writing like a five page story with no pictures, no nothing. And everyone was like, what on earth is that? That's like an essay. And I said, oh no, but you know, it's such an exciting story. And and I remember at that point, I really fell in love with writing and reading and literature. And, and then when I was in, um, uh, I was at a school uh, in high school I was um, asked to join this program called First Story yeah. and um, I was really lucky to have Andrew McMillan who's an incredible poet mm. um, to be my mentor and we published our first book then um, and it was an anthology of short stories and poetry by some of the students at the school and I was one of them and um, and it was then that I really, really fell in love with publishing. Um, just the whole aspect of editing, creating this book, making the cover, um, doing all this design work. And I thought it's a really interesting process. So I kind of started off loving writing and reading and then going on to loving the process of making a book, all the work that goes behind it. Um, and, you know, 
it was then that I kind of yeah just fell in love with it um mm-hmm. yeah and then obviously went on to university uh but first story never kind of left me because after that I kind of worked with them quite closely and now I'm their um ambassador and I sit on their board for um the northern advisory board for first story so it's it's kind of like kept its way and it's they've really helped me as well like you say support they've really helped me as well Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, first story are amazing, and we, yeah, as I say, in, in writing on air every every year for the last probably five or six years, we've uh, we've had uh, yeah groups of young people in from from uh, from schools actually in Bradford. Yeah, the, probably Grange. Yeah. Yes. Grange Academy, uh, particularly uh, who are brilliant, and uh, no, I've, I've nothing but respect for for mm-hmm. first story. But how how lovely that that's that's led to you, but not only doing your own thing, but also. Uh, yeah, being an ambassador ambassador for them, and, and and so you're still very much in touch with what they do, and uh, and are helping other young people. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I think they've they've got such an incredible record, and they've worked so well with schools and encouraging students. And um, for me to go back, and even when I was at university, actually, I was um giving a talk because I was um I was a student ambassador for the our course in literature and um this whole group of students came on onto the campus and I realised they were from First Story and I recognised the leader because I worked with him when I was at school and he was like, oh, you know, could give a tour to the students. Um, and some of the, the students there were from my hometown in Bradford and it felt really gratifying giving them a tour of the campus of the university and I could also see myself with those students looking at this school and the students were like oh you know oh I can't believe you're here all this way at university I can't believe you're doing this I don't think I could do it and I was like you know what my school is around the block from your school I I come from the same city if I can do it so can you and um, I've been really fortunate to kind of share my experience with the students um, who've done the first story program um in in different cities and I always love seeing you know the excited faces when they write when they read when they work with the tutors so yeah like you said nothing but respect for the work they've done um and it's really kept me in touch with going back to schools and creating that accessibility and inspiring those students that they can do exactly what they want to do if they you know if they want to be writers if they want to work in publishing you know, it's like that thing that nowhere is far enough for them. They can do whatever they want. So, yeah, it's really, it's really nice to be working. Right. That's great to hear. And also lovely to hear about Andrew's, Andrew McMillan's role. Uh, because, yeah. yeah, he's a love, he's a lovely guy, but also a really good poet. And he's, we've had quite a lot to do with him in the past at uh, Chapel FM. He's come oh, to do goodness. stuff with us. When he was a wee lad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, but, Yeah. So, but yeah, so that's nice too. We're going to hear a piece of music that you've chosen, Habiba, and it's, um, yeah, the theme of Pride and Prejudice, the, the, the TV series. So, well, I mean, I know you're a big fan of Jane Austen. Do you want to talk about that a bit? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I get giddy because I love Jane Austen. I think the first book I ever read was Persuasion, but myself and Sarah, we both absolutely love Pride and Prejudice. You know, we we love the TV series, the movies. We've read the book cover to cover. Um yeah so and we when we were launching fox and windmill we kind of had um a lot of link with the um with the literature at that point so we loved that yeah 
that was the theme of Pride and Prejudice, or theme from Pride and Prejudice, the TV, the TV series chosen by Habiba Desai from Fox and Windmill. And uh, Habiba, yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I know this is on the website, but uh, it's, a, it's a nice story. But yeah, the, the title of, of the company. <laughs> um, I love this question because it just, oh, I love it. And it kind of links back to the Pride and Prejudice theme tune because um, me and Sarah are really, really, really horribly stuck for names um, and I think the hardest thing is to name a company uh, because that's the face of your brand and everything uh, we talked to Kevin about it for the longest time and Kevin said to us you know it'll come to you and Kevin's got such a, a wonderfully quirky name Blue Moose Books um, and he said to us it'll come to you don't worry it'll come to you and um, I went for a walk um, in uh, Peniston, not Peniston, yeah, Peniston Moors in Howarth country, because it's right next to Bradford. Um, and as we were walking, uh, I saw a house with a fox on a weather vane. I completely forgot the name for weather vane and kept saying, it's a fox <laughs> on a windmill, it's a fox on a windmill. I took a picture of it. Um, and I sent it to Sarah and I said, oh my gosh, what do you think of fox and windmill? And it stuck. <laughs> and you know what I think it's such a, a quirky fun unique name and um you know we yeah. and we managed to incorporate the fox really well into our branding so it's worked out quite nice and yeah it's also not what you might expect um you know a, a home for South South Asian writing yeah exactly. yeah exactly and I think that's kind of what we wanted to do as well you know we didn't want this big stamp in the face that we were South Asian publishers, because we're not just South Asian publishers. We like to um, connect with lots of people and lots of publishers. And, you know, we, um, even though, you know, we're specifically for South Asian writers, we've had lots of non-South Asian writers come to us, you know, asking for support, help, advice. And we are really willing to give that support and help. Um, and we just kind of wanted to seem like we were established. We were already here from the beginning. And it's nice to know that some people have said that already, especially other publishers from the big five. They've said, you know, your name seems like you guys have already been here. Um, and we're like, you know, that's that's kind of the impression we like to give. <laughs> Absolutely. And and you, you on the website, you talk about the kind of London centric nature of publishing and your yeah. desire to defy or book that trend i mean so how, how's that gone in terms of has it benefited you as you hoped that it might to be up up here up north um it's it's been interesting actually because when we launched fox and windmill and we did our first call out for submissions uh, we became we said to ourselves we'd be very very specific and this was right in the very early stages of um of our company uh, and we said we were going to be specific for British South Asian writers but in the north um and I don't know well, well I think we really limited ourselves then at that point and even though we knew there was such an an immense amount of talent creativity and writing um in the north and we just kind of wanted to stick to that but as we were getting submissions in and we were having a lot of requests and emails inquiries saying to us you know but what about us you know we're in the south um you know there's no one like you lot here for us and somebody gave us a very interesting comment that said you know if if you lot stay for the north somebody's going to steal your idea and do it specifically for the south 
and uh, we said we talked to kevin and we said all right okay um what do you think of this if we just open it up to everyone and also there was the whole question of the north and south divide you know where is the limit who who at what point yeah. is the north and what point point is the south um and we didn't want to really get into that geographical debate so we said let's open it for everyone <laughs> um and it's been really good for us that we did that um because we've you know we've managed to access uh, a lot of incredible writers from the south and we've managed to give a lot of support to the south as well and equally i think the south has been a lot of supportive to us as well because we've had a lot of you know invitations to come to london and to come to campuses um to speak to the students recently we were at um king's college london uh talking to the students there um you know first story asked us to come to cambridge university to give a talk to the students so it's been really um a really interesting experience you know i don't think we should have said that we were going to limit ourselves to the north in the beginning but um it was glad to we were glad to see there was a need for us everywhere across the uk so and we we're really you know as much as publishers are still in london um and kevin actually said a really interesting comment that the agents won't move out of london because the publishers are there and the publishers won't move out because the agents are there so the only way to work around it is to kind of create these mini publishing companies these independents which are all over the north um and i think that's really helped us because we can because there's no way that a lot of independents can compete with the big publishers but we can work together and i think that's the biggest difference between north and south publishing the southern publishers kind of have to compete with each other they need to meet the demands of the board of the of the um uh, of the people that are paying into the company but in the north you have these communities and these pockets of uh publishers that really support each other and even though they're independents and they're all working to kind of publish books and make the margin the profit margins i think we're all really really supported. um yeah there's this amazing um um a company well not a company um group called the northern fiction alliance run by comma press uh in manchester yeah um, they work with all the independent publishers and they're incredible and a great resource for anybody who's looking to get into indie publishing or publish independently um yeah so it's it's been an amazing experience so and it's really interesting and eye opening to see both sides of how things are done sounds fascinating and and it's really heartening to hear that the you know the independents up here you know cooperate and collaborate and, and work with each other I mean that's mm -hmm. that's heartening and so you're in must be in touch with a lot of them do you feel it's a healthy scene up here oh yeah I definitely think so um you know there's room to grow there's a lot of space for everybody there's a lot of space for niche publishers um you know like people tree press in in Leeds they're specifically for Afro-Caribbean writers um you know where for South Asian writers and I think there's a really diverse pocket of um publishers for like every every category every aspect and if there isn't one then everybody encourages you to kind of fill that gap and, and make that space for others so um yeah I'd say there's loads of room to grow and you know everybody's really helpful friendly um yeah and I don't think we could have like I say in the beginning we couldn't have done it without them especially Kevin and I mean you implied that I mean obviously you're working with with writers you have inquiries from writers who aren't from South Asian backgrounds yes. so are you saying you publish uh non-South Asian writers 
Um, not at the moment. So we are specific for South Asian writers, but we do help non-South Asian writers. So we've had lots of queries from uh, people who just want to contact or they just need some advice or support um, or they just, you know, are looking to get work published, but they don't know who to go to. Um, so we're kind of like that stepping point for people. So we, we um, so like all our emails are accessible. So I, we just tell people whether we go to events or anywhere, we just say to them, you know, if you've got a query, if you've got a question, just let us know. You know, if we've got the resources, we the only thing we can do is help and see what we can do and put you in touch with the right people. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, I've, I've... I've talked to a few other um, independents in and in the past and for this program and and sometimes there does seem to be a moment where you're kind of inundated with, with people submitting. Uh, is, are you at that point or do you is it is it controllable? Um, do you, uh, are you, you mean in terms of like submissions or? Yes, yes. I mean because once people here see some good the good stuff you're doing uh, and and they go oh wow you know well I could submit there and I I just wondered if you if you know how you've handled that that if you have had to um I mean I because I deal with a lot of different side of uh the our publishing company um and my colleague Sarah she deals with the submission size and the relationship uh building with the writers that we have and it's it's interesting because when we um we don't want to be that kind of, you know, if if we ask people for work in, in the usual process, it's, you know, uh, a one page synopsis, uh, the first three chapters. And if, if we like your work, we do request the full manuscript and then we have the job of reading it. Um, but uh, and we have had to send rejections. But in the, we do it in the most what we call ethical way possible in that. When we do send rejections, we don't just say, no, we don't want to publish your work and then leave you stranded. We send you off with resources, uh, whether that's writing workshops, groups to contact, um, communities, other publishers, other agents. So we do kind of um, leave you with something. We don't want to just leave anyone hanging with the really horrible feeling of nobody wants to read my work, nobody wants to publish my work. Um, and we kind of want that positive experience that and we do recommend people as well to come back to us once they've kind of built on their work and, um, you know, done a bit, done something to it that we feel would be worthy of publishing. So for us, it's really interesting because we kind of have been in both sides of the situations as writers and as publishers. You know, we've sent work to be published and we've had the horrible rejection letter of no, we don't want to publish it and end of the story. Um so we just want other writers to kind of not have that horrible experience, but to somewhat make it a bit more positive. Um, yeah. And you're finding space for your own writing, Habiba. Oh, whether that's, <laughs> do you mean that's like in uh, just personal free time or just... Um... Well, I'm just wondering how the, you know, you, you obviously you, you are still writing, and, but I'm just wondering how that fits into your life with Fox oh. Windmill. I mean, it's a very different type of writing, um, but, you know, sometimes it's writing contracts or letters of agreement or something like that. But um, in terms of like fictional writing that me and Sarah both like to do, um, it's it's literally if and when. And I think I really find it handy having the notes app on my phone. I'll just get a spark of an idea and I'll just start writing something and then it'll turn out to be something else. And 
I think it's it's kind of worked like that for me. I mean, I don't get as much time anymore. Um, and Sarah's gone kind of academic writing now because she's just completed her master's. So she's been writing essays and papers and stuff um, and a big dissertation. So, yeah, I think it's different types of writing and we've kind of evolved as we've kind of got into the publishing scene. But I hopefully um, I'll be writing another book. We'll just see how it goes. Are you published by Fox and Windmill? Oh, <laughs> I think that's a different type of publishing. As Kevin would say, that's vanity publishing. Um, but uh, no, and I don't think I would ever publish myself at our company. I would, uh, yeah, I think I would do it a disservice doing that. I would, um, yeah. yeah. I don't think that was a slightly provocative question. Which <laughs> it's a good question. <laughs> a very good question. Because if you've got a publishing company, if you've got a story, then you could use it. But no, no, I don't think me and Sarah would be doing that. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, yes, yeah, sort of finally, really. I mean, it would be really lovely to know, you know, how, roughly sort of how many titles you're, you've published um, and also just what's coming up at the moment what are you excited about in terms of your writers and the books that are coming out from Fox and Windmill? Yeah um we've so far I've got a one book out um and that's the anthology of short stories and poetry by British South Asian writers. Into the wild. Out. Into the wild yeah. yeah um and then since then we've had to we've been doing a rejig because we've shuffled offices and stuff but we do have um two very exciting projects on the way one which I can tell you about is the um essays and sorry <laughs> food essays and short stories um by british south asian writers that is a uh, a collection of essays and short stories regarding the theme of food because it's such a central focus point of south asian lifestyle cooking you know the food that your parents make for you the food that you grew up with and that's for every culture but i think in South Asian cultures, it's, um, it's a really interesting way that we kind of shape our lives around food, mm. um, and it's been re it's been received really positively, um, and so we're hoping to have that published by the end of this year. The submission period is still open until the thirtieth of June, and then it closes, um, and then um, yeah, and the next project is a secret one that we're working on. Um, <laughs> And hopefully that one will be able to release some news at the end of this year. Fantastic. And you said you, you volunteered with Bradford Literature Festival, and that's how you met uh, Sarah. Sarah, but uh, is, are you still connected with Bradford Literature Festival? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> I worked, it's a really interesting way how I got to the Bradford Lit Fest because I volunteered with them for a couple of years. Then I became. Um, festival staff so uh, part-time staff and then after that I was asked to be part of the main festival team so I worked with Saima Aslam and the whole festival team in the 2019 festival so that was really exciting for me because I kind of worked my way up and um, I got a lot of experience a lot of contacts um, and I learned so much from the festival team and of course from Saima herself um, and we were really, really lucky because we did our first ever launch uh, at the opening night of the festival last year for um, uh, for Into the Wilds. And that was so exciting. It was really amazing for us to kind of see everything come full circle in a way. 
um, and now um, we'll be at the festival again this year um, um, in a programme called Meet the Publishers. So it'll be one-to-one -one conversations with myself and Sarah. We'll be reading manuscripts and works from other people, from, from the public who have sent it through. So yeah, we'll be at the festival this year. Um, and Sarah will also be at the Creative Economic Conference talking about publishing on Friday. Fantastic. And uh, yeah, will you be in a, are you kind of working with Bradford 2025? Um, yes, yes, we are. So I think that's um, sort of something that's coming up. But yeah, we will Good. be. Oh, well, we won't we won't ask you any more of that. <laughs> oh gosh. But yeah, very okay. exciting stuff coming up. So we're really looking forward to it. It's gonna be a good year, we hope. Absolutely. Well, that's brilliant, Habiba. Thanks ever so much for talking to us. And um, you know, we wish you the very best. Uh, and you know, it'd be lovely to have you involved in writing on air sometime, uh, which is our festival of writing that happens in the uh, in the autumn of every year. And uh, the theme this year is missing the Ooh. idea of what who is missing from publishing for instance who is missing from the table from the political discourse what who we miss what we miss what do we want what have we got that we want to preserve and is precious to us so that's the theme of of writing on air so if there's anything any way that you feel as, as, a, mm. as a publisher you want to be involved do get back in touch with us we will do that sounds really exciting but um yeah and and uh thanks for talking to us we've got one final piece of music um uh, from you and tell us about that if you would and why you've chosen <laughs> i love this because it's butter by bts a south korean boy band which i think most people will know um and um, me and sarah listen to a lot of uh bts and a lot of um a lot of good summer vibes which was butter in a sense and um yeah it's, it's a great song really positive and um, we hope it gets you in the mood for writing smooth like butter like a criminal undercover don't pop like trouble breaking into your heart like that <gasps> cool shade sonna yeah owe it all to my mother
the night sky. Got the right body and the right mind. Rolling up the party, got the right vibes. Move like haters. Fresh boy, pull up and we lay low. All the bands get moving with the bass low. Got the army right behind us, but we say show. Let's go. Love the cases, love the clauses, love the adverbs and the antecedents, love the words. From ELFM. I'm 